Looks like there's going to be a race after all. We are, of course, talking about the NDP leadership race here in BC. For more on that, we're joined by Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Okay, so looks like somebody is willing to join in and make this thing a race. Yeah, and an interesting race. The the entrant into the race, Angela Apadurai, um, she's challenging the status quo in the party. She's challenging David Eby directly. Uh, yesterday, talking to Global's Richard Zussman, she said, this is kind of mean, eh? <laughs> she says, yeah, David Eby used to be an activist, and he... He used to be the insurgent in the party, but that was 10 years ago. And now he's the party establishment. Um, ouch. Yeah, he's 45. <laughs> he's 45. He's, he's 32, Simi. You know, it was, it was interesting listening to her with Jill Bennett yesterday because, you know, she says, look, I'm here representing younger people. I'm representing millennials. I'm representing young British Columbians that are worried about the future and that feel the party has let them down. And I'm going, yeah, when when E.B. stepped in and John Horgan stepped down, well, let's bring on the next generation. The next generation is not David E.B. The next generation is Angela Apadurai. Uh, and that, that's going to make the race interesting because sometimes leadership races, party members run against each other. They're all cabinet ministers. They're all friends and colleagues. They're pretty careful. They they tweak things at the edges, but they don't really uh, divide the party. But she's clearly dividing the party. She's she's fundamentally opposed to a whole bunch of things the NDP government has done. Okay, so what does this do for the race then here, Vaughn? Like, does it get younger people encouraged? Does it get them more involved in this? Do you think? Well, that's. Uh, two-sided, right? I mean, yes, I think uh, she's launched and her supporters and, and you know, there's a, a bunch of environmental activists in the NDP who feel the government, the party's government has let them down, hasn't done nearly enough. So they're circulating a climate pledge. They're asking everybody to sign on to it. I, I expect she will. I doubt Eby will. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you get a lot of interest on the issues. People jump in. Uh, she says she indicates pretty strongly she'd um, cancel uh, fracking, cancel uh, any more logging and old growth. Uh, she's opposed to this pipeline they're building through northern BC to serve the uh, LNG terminal under construction at Kitimat. So all of that will attract interest and everything. But what if she loses, which she probably will, right? Uh, EB is saying, uh, don't expect any radical change from a David EB-led government. Uh, It'll be business as usual. Uh, Look, business as usual won the NDP the last provincial election solidly. So he definitely is the status quo. She definitely is change. Um, But that's a pretty divisive debate that will unfold between now um, and when they start voting in November, the uh, actual result of the vote won't be announced till what, December 3, something like that. Okay, but this seems to me like a candidate from the much more traditional wing of the NDP. Yeah, look, the NDP in the 1990s and the government in the 1990s and the NDP government today is is different in terms of its approach. The government in the 1990s was very activist. It was uh, major reforms on a whole bunch of fronts, very controversial, barely won re-election in 1996 and was 
almost wiped out in the election of 2001. There are members of this government who remember that very well, and they include John Horgan, and they include um, Mike Farnworth, the House leader, and Adrian Dix, who was a staffer in that government. So they remember what activism uh, led to in the 1990s, and they've, they've kept a lid on it in the current government. Uh, this is not going to be the view of the B.C. liberals, but I covered both those governments, and this government is less activist, uh, less radical, uh, more middle of the road than the government of the 1990s. I think that's one reason why they've done so well with the public. But you've now got a candidate running, uh, Simi, who says, yeah, that's all a terrible mistake. That's not the future. And we have to upset all that, challenge that status quo. She talks about the party's priorities being upside down. Now, the liberals might say that, too, but coming from a different place on the political spectrum. This is going to make this race so interesting, right? Because yeah. you have, like, just depending on how much support that we see this candidate actually get, what that will mean, will it influence the government at all? Yeah, uh, you raise a good issue, Simi. What, what will David Eby say about all this? Because... She's right. He was the activist in the past. He has an activist past, and he's been, you know, trying to distance himself from that to some degree in his uh, policy statements and status quo. And we don't have a lot from him yet. But what will he say? There, the party is going to have debates. He's going to be challenged on this stuff. Uh, you know, um, Abdurai last month, late last month, she attended a summit meeting in Wet'suwet'en territory organized and hosted by the group that opposes completing construction of the coastal gasoline pipeline. And she sided with Chief Namox and says that, you know, the RCMP are being used for colonialist purposes and serving corporate interests by breaking up uh, and arresting people opposed to that pipeline. Well, that's fundamental. I mean, central to this government's economic policy is development of LNG in Kitimat. The, the terminal is a complete non-starter, and they spent billions on this thing if you can't complete the pipeline to feed it with natural gas. So this isn't a minor disagreement with the direction of the government. It is a fundamental disagreement of where the government is headed on that issue alone. Hmm. All right. So that's going to make the race more interesting. And since we're talking about the history of the NDP here, Vaughn, we absolutely must mention Bob Skelly. Yeah, sad uh, note yesterday, and it was the premier, uh, the first notice I saw of it, uh, Bob Skelly, former NDP leader, longtime MLA here in B.C., passed at 79, so a long life, 16 years in the legislature, four years representing B.C. in the federal parliament, and two years, uh, difficult years, leading uh, the B.C. NDP. Uh, so he was the leader the party had after Dave Barrett, and he was the leader that uh, led the NDP in the election that elected Bill Vanderzam as Premier of BC in 1986. Well, I remember that election so vividly too, right? And and after that came Mike Harcourt. I mean, 
Simi, you're too young to remember I that did. election. <laughs> I, I covered the political convention that chose Bob Skelly as leader. It was a very exciting convention. Was uh, it? Are you, I, I sense sarcasm on your part here, Vaughn. Six, uh, six candidates, five rounds of balloting, and Skelly emerged as the leader from that. And Bill Bennett was still Premier of BC. Skelly, you know... <laughs> When I thought of him yesterday, the first thing I thought was, what a decent guy, and what, what an awful thing happened to him on the opening day of the 1986 election. Skelly had a panic attack. That's what we would call it now, right? Live television, his voice breaks. Yeah. He looks into the camera and says, can we start again? Well, you, as we all know in live media, yeah. you can't start again. The thing everybody forgets, anybody who remembers him remembers that. The thing a lot of people forget is that Skelly and the NDP recovered. Uh, Skelly led the, led the NDP to almost 43% of the vote in that election. Uh, they closed the gap in the polling. Van der Zandt still won, but Skelly made it competitive. He got a higher share of the vote than did Mike Harcourt in winning the election in 91, than did Glenn Clark in winning the election in 1996. In fact, the, the first NDP leader to do better than Bob Skelly, and this is in share of the popular vote, not in winning seats, was John Hargan in 2020. Uh, for the first time, the NDP did better. So, you know, Skelly has a, a pretty honorable record in public life. I don't think it's fair to remember him only for... Yeah. A glitch that just lasted a matter of seconds, you know, and who hasn't been a little nervous going in front of the TV cameras, really, almost for the first time. When you look back to, though, Vaughn, that 1986, that was such a pivotal year yeah. uh, for B.C. politics. You mentioned Dave Barrett retires, so Bob Skelly came along. A lot, not long after that, Bill Bennett retires, and then they pick... That was a heck of a SoCred convention up in yes. Whistler that year. I remember watching that on TV, they, and that was like a lot of ballots, too. Yeah, yeah, no, and and they were competitive in competitive terms among the last political conventions in this country that were traditional delegated conventions. So party writings, pick delegates, send them to a central convention. They vote round by round balloting. Very exciting for media yeah. coverage. Now we are on, and the one that will pick. EB or Apadurai, uh, it's uh, all members of the party vote. They vote online. The actual convention, they announce the results of the vote, but it's not the kind of showpiece uh, for media coverage mm -hmm. or really for public interest recruiting members that a really exciting political convention can be. Ah, oh, those were the days. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun.